Buckle up. You are about to enter the Draws Cast podcast. Your host, author, and motivational speaker, Jeff Drozowski, will transport you through the world of motivation and leadership, always keeping an eye on having some fun, too. Sometimes with a guest, other times just Jeff. Either way, you will leave better equipped to succeed than when you came in. Here he is, the Draws, Jeff Drozowski. Thanks, Kyla. Author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster, Jeff Drozdowski. And welcome back to the show, the Drozcast Podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. If you are new to the show, welcome. If you've been inside the Drozcast already, we welcome you back with open arms. The Drozcast Nation continues to grow. Last week, we welcomed Mexico and Spain into the nation, and this week, we would like to welcome Brazil, Australia, Puerto Rico, and Malaysia. I know, Malaysia, right? Hello out there if you've downloaded in Malaysia. Along with these four new countries, we now total 10 countries that have downloaded the Drawscast. Combine that number with the countries reached on my website, drawstalks.com, and we have reached a total of 29 nations around the world. Folks, we're not stopping there, I can assure you. Want to help support the Drawscast? Shop on Amazon? All you have to do is go to my website, drawstalks.com, and click on this podcast, episode 17, Leading with a Sense of Humor. Details on how the show is supported is cataloged in one of the links that you find on the blog. And now to episode 17, Leading with a Sense of Humor. In episode 16, we talked about the importance of treating your people well. There are three categories or levels we identified that I would like to share with you and kind of review briefly. Number one, as far as treating your people well, would be on a personal level with celebrations ranging from birthdays to promotions. Celebrations ranged from cake to lunch or dinner with the boss. Number two was through team building events like picnics, ball games, or team-oriented competitions like paintball. And number three was investing in your people through department or industry-specific conferences or seminars. Those events develop your people professionally. It shows you care about their development, and the professional return on investment can be invaluable. So again, episode 17, which is number four in a 10-part leadership topic series. The first, if you recall, was being a servant leader. Number two was leading by example. And three was treating your people well. At the end of leading by example, I gave you some homework or your call to action, as I always do. Your homework or call to action was to think about ways to recognize your employees. If you are not currently a leader of people, then you were to think about ways that your employer could show appreciation for you and then discuss those things with your boss. I would like to give you two personal examples in regards to treating people well. One was how I thought that I treated my team well, and the other is how I was treated well in my place of employment. As a restaurant manager many years ago, the company I worked for had a monetary bonus program. I had at any given time during my years as a manager four to five assistant managers on my staff. My personal bonuses were never extremely large, but I felt it necessary to show my managers I appreciated them and their hard work. So I would share my bonuses with them even though I had four to five people to share. Nobody ever got a big chunk of money, that's for sure, but we all shared in the success. 
As a group, I would also have team building events through things like bowling nights and potluck lunches and dinners that were usually funded by me. They and everybody else on the staff appreciated those gestures, and in turn, my management turnover stayed at a minimum. So I had definitely had some success doing those things for my managers. The example of how I was treated well came later in my professional career. As you know, I wrote my book, Inspired, How Our Differences Are Changing the Workplace. When the book came out, I was still not totally an independent business owner. I still had my day job. The day the book became available, several people in my department surprised me with a cake, and we had a makeshift book signing right there in the building. I was selling my book at my day job. For those of you who know about those type of things, that is extremely rare, very cool, and the only person that I had to thank for that was my boss because he allowed it to happen. So thank you again, boss man. Now on to leading with a sense of humor. A Robert Half, that's H-A-L-F, a Robert Half International Survey found that 91% of executives believe a sense of humor is important for career advancement. 84% feel that people with a good sense of humor do a better job. Another study by the Bell Leadership Institute found that the two most desirable traits in leaders were a strong work ethic and a sense of humor. Many things that we don't think about uh, when it comes to leadership, the one that is on the top there is a sense of humor. I wanted to give you those numbers for a specific reason, to make it abundantly clear that you can do a fantastic job as a leader with a high level of production and still use your sense of humor as part of your personality portfolio. I have had my share of bosses over the years who have told me that I don't take my job seriously enough simply because I am not afraid to be cheerful and funny at work. On the contrary, I would say to them, I use my sense of humor, charisma, and fun personality to be a better leader and use it as a benefit of work. It took a few years and a few bosses, but someone finally took the idea about me using my strengths to our advantage as a company and the organization overall, and it worked out famously. Now, that said, there is a balance to be had with humor. You need to know when to use it and when to put it away, and what is workplace-appropriate humor. Uh, With the condition of the workplace right now, the way that it is, uh, the nature of the workplace, you have to be very careful with the kind of humor that you use at work. I have always told people, if they were to ask me, because of the kind of humor that I have, what kind of humor should you not use at work, Jeff? And I would tell them a minimum of three, probably four items to stay away from when it comes to humor in the workplace. The first one is sex. The second one is religion. The third one is race. And if you wanted to throw drug use or inebriation, people being drunk or whatnot, uh, that would probably be a good one as well. So back to humor. Arguably the greatest leader of the United States was a man known for his eloquence, his humility, and his dedication to the people he served. That gentleman's name was Abraham Lincoln. For those of you who've listened to the show before, you know that Abe Lincoln is high in my list of people that I admired. Abe was also noted for his ability to use homespun stories and self-deprecating humor as a way of winning over opponents, making a point, garnering followers, and handling the enormous pressure at the height of the war that tore this country apart. 
that would be the Civil War. An example of his humor came with the story that he told that was titled A Stranger's Jackknife. That is, A Stranger's Jackknife. Lincoln told the story as he was traveling on a train. The story had to do with his looks, his appearance, his level of attractiveness, if you will. Lincoln begins, I was once accosted by a stranger who said, Excuse me, sir, but I have an article in my possession which rightfully belongs to you. How is that? Lincoln asked, considerably astonished. The stranger took a jackknife from his pocket. This knife, the stranger said, was placed in my hands some years ago with the order that I was to keep it until I found a man uglier than myself. So coming from a leader and coming from a man who uh, was in a huge position of power, self-deprecating humor definitely made him more human. Humor comes from the Latin word for fluid. In the Middle Ages, humor was believed to have an energy related to bodily fluid or an emotional state. This energy determined your health and disposition. Simply put, bad humor, bad energy, good humor, good positive energy, and good positive energy attracts. As leaders, you need to attract and retain talent, correct? You need to attract and retain customers and clients as well. Think about the gloom cast across an office when somebody is in bad humor or how good humor can change an environment, especially in the workplace. I would like to share with you now four leadership benefits derived from having a good sense of humor. Number one, humor relieves stress. It helps your employees look at a stressful situation a little less seriously. One time in my job in the training field, I was in charge of ordering some prizes for a presentation that I was doing. I thought that I had ordered roughly $100 in prizes, but as it turned out, I ordered more like several thousand dollars in prizes. Not my money, folks. The budget was only $100. So after the shock and disgust wore off, my boss spent the next few days humorizing the situation with comments about not letting Jeff order anything because it may be 10 times more than you think, and we won't find out about it until after the fact. In a lot of cases with humor, you had to be there, but that sense of humor and the humor brought into the workplace definitely broke down the tensions of that bad situation. Number two, it humanizes you, like I mentioned in the Abe Lincoln scenario. Especially if you are a VP, vice president, SVP, senior vice president, or CEO of a large, powerful company or organization, you can be an intimidating force. Help people relax around you by telling small jokes, especially the self-deprecating kind. Perhaps a comment about a silly habit that you have. In my case, it would be spilling coffee on myself at some point almost on a daily basis or food or staining my tie or something like that, which happens pretty regularly. Folks, when you do that, it humanizes you. People relax around you. Speaking of relaxing, number three. It helps promote creativity in the workplace. Research shows that humor is a fabulous tension breaker in the workplace. People who laugh in response to a conflict tend to shift from convergent thinking, where they can only think about one solution, to divergent thinking, where multiple ideas are considered. Humor and creativity are both about looking at your challenges in novel ways and about connecting ideas to solutions in a way that you've never thought about before. And that's why a multiple of ideas, especially in a brainstorming session, is so important. 
Item number four, it builds trust. Humor builds trust. Humor is a fantastic antidote to many of the ills of the day-to-day stress of organizational life. Well-timed and appropriate humor keeps the mood light, lifts people's spirits, and eases tension. Leaders who are not only humorous but are vulnerable enough to laugh at themselves have a leg up when it comes to building trust. People trust others whom they like and know. Humor breaks down barriers between people and allows us to get to know each other on a more personal level. The Drawscast Quote of the Day. Okay, it's the Drawscast Quote of the Day. A gentleman by the name of Sloan Wilson gives us this quote, and it is very humorous, and he puts it in a very humorous manner. Sloan Wilson says, Success in almost any field depends more on energy and drive than it does on intelligence. That explains why we have so many stupid leaders. Your homework or call to action is to think about a humorous way or story that you or your boss have used at work to help create a better workplace. Now, we have a little bit of twist on this one. Once you think about that humorous way to put a positive twist into the workplace, I would like you to email me at jeff at drawstalks.com with your story, and I will take the best story and I will read it on the air the next time we have a non-guest episode here in the Drawscast. So far, we've aired one guest interview, and we have our next one coming up in episode 18. The gentleman who I will be interviewing is someone by the name of Jim Knight. Jim is a best-selling author. He is also a professional speaker and in the speaking world is a rock star. We talk about leadership and we get into his background and his success in depth. With each download and subscription, we are expanding the Drawscast Nation. Tell your friends and colleagues. If you are looking for a place where you can get all of my videos in one place, please go to my YouTube channel, Jeff Drozdowski. And while you're there, like and subscribe. The social media sites are great, but my YouTube channel is kind of a clearinghouse for all things video. And just as an update on the website, uh, the website continues to be built out. Soon we will have a pop-up on that website where you can sign up for uh, my emails and you will be able to enter a contest for a free entrance into my first webinar coming up later in the fall. As always, listening to me wherever you are in this world is an honor, and I will do my best to always have you come back into the Drawscast. This has been a great episode. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is you succeeding. Keep it up. Kyla, close us out, please. Thank you for being part of the Drawscast. Check out Jeff's website, DrawsTalks.com, to find out more about booking Jeff for your next event. Also at DrawsTalks.com, you can purchase Jeff's book, Inspired. How our differences are changing the workplace or inquire about jeff's training programs and personal or executive coaching all of jeff's video blogs can be seen on his youtube channel jeff drazowski thank you and bye for now